Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, but it's Tuesday. It's my good friend, Alex Pierce. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? (laughs) Are you still riding high off the Shea news? No, I'm actually crashing from a yerba mate right now, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) I I pounded a yerba about an hour ago, and I'm already crashing. Oh, Oh, man. So Shay, at basically the second that he could, which means that he did this before, this was in place uh, long before he signed the deal or agreed to the deal, uh, he is going to sign a five-year max extension with the Oklahoma City Thunder. No options, which is really the key to this. So the Thunder basically have Shea under contract for the next six seasons, um, which is great. That's great. It's $172 million base. <laughs> pretty cool. It's pretty good. Uh, if he makes an all-NBA team, he can make upwards of $207 million. The same as uh, Trey Young. So if you saw Trey Young's deal and you saw Shea's, you're like, why is there a big difference? Well, it's because uh, all-star teams, all-NBA teams, those uh, like the Rose Rule. So that happened. It's a it's a big moment. That was big cool. Big moment for the Thunder. I mean, honestly, when the Thunder traded Paul George and you knew that the rest trade was coming, it felt like, okay, cool, they got Shea. Mostly cool, they got all these picks. And the Thunder are going to go into tank mode in order to start restocking the cupboard with stars. And I don't think anybody thought at the time, I mean, if you would have polled like every smart NBA guy and said, how many of you think that Shea will sign a max contract extension with the Thunder here in a couple of years? I think it would have been very, very few. And it would have been like a super smart guy thing to do if you did say that. Not even that. It wouldn't even be a super smart guy. It would have been like, what's going on with John Collins right now? Yeah. Where it's like, well, Shea's maybe not that player, but OKC's basically going to be forced to give him a huge max because what else are they going to do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Collins is definitely a rung below, but he provides so much for the team, and he probably has a good enough agent where they could put pressure on the Hawks to do it. This was a no-brainer. I mean, if the Thunder could pay him more, maybe they would have. But this this is a no-brainer signing for the Thunder. It was always going to happen. There were lots of rumors about the Thunder possibly trading him at the draft. Uh, I never really thought that those were real conversations, especially when we're talking Shea and six for one or Shea for number three. Uh, it The value wasn't there. It didn't make a ton of sense. And... I get the impression that 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 those were not conversations that the Thunder were pressing on others. I get the impression that it was the other way around and that the Thunder's intent was always to do this deal at what ended up being 11 o'clock Central Time. So I think this was always the plan. I don't think that they ever planned to use Shea in order to move up in the draft. Uh, I think it would have taken a very special circumstance, like the Pistons offering one plus future first for Shea, then I think they'd have to be like, oh, okay, yes. You know, like, that's an outrageous deal. That deal also never offered on draft night. So Shea stays. The Thunder keep – I mean, the Thunder have the same draft capital that they came into the draft with. They have 18 first-round picks moving forward. And they add Josh Giddey. And they add Trey Mann. uh, And they get to have Shea at least for six more seasons. So uh, 
making a lot of money. And if you look oh, yeah, at go ahead. If you if you look at their money situation, because I was yeah. like because it doesn't start for an entire another year, like because you know there were the people saying like okay, C doesn't want to play pay SGA, which was so stupid. Yeah. But if you think about like the next guy who will be up for a a rather large contract from OKC, it's probably going to be Dort. And even then, that doesn't that wouldn't start until Shea's second year into his contract. Mm-hmm. So that's three seasons from mm-hmm. now. Just to give you an idea of like how clean their books are going to be for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Which is probably one of the reasons why they get rumored with all these restricted free agents, because they literally could sign any of these guys and it wouldn't really matter. It really wouldn't. <laughs> and that's like the, yeah. the lines are only being drawn to the Thunder for restricted free agents just because the Thunder have money. And also Well, it's weird though. It it's not happening with the Spurs, and the Spurs have the exact same amount sure. of money. I think that I think that the Thunder are being used as leverage in a lot of different contract negotiations, whether that be coming from the the Thunder side or not. I think that that's how they're being used. Is oh my goodness, if the Thunder want them, well, of course, then maybe we should should go sign whoever it is. You know, John, like if Zach Collins wanted to go to OKC or the Thunder wanted him, okay, well we can demand. This much, I was kind of surprised the amount that Zach Collins got on on that contract and gave him three years. I would be horrified to give Zach Collins even three years. Yeah, people people know that he like just rebroke his yeah. foot, like a month ago he rebroke mm-hmm. his foot. So he's probably not going to play this season. Yeah. So there's there's a year off of your whatever you just paid yeah. him, and then you're hoping him to at this point he wouldn't have played for like two and a half NBA seasons. Mm-hmm. And he'll be coming back. Yeah, I was never a, a fan of that one. Some of the other ones I thought were interesting, but most everything has been cleaned up at this point, except for Lowry Markinen. That's kind of like the last yeah. name that was rumored, I guess. And based on the move that the Bulls just did, it, it seems clear to me that they're probably not going to be paying Lowry Markinen. Since they're about to pay, did you see what the deal was? Like, not just the trade, but yeah, what the actual contract was? Three years. Three years, $85 million plus Woo! for DeMar DeRozan. Woo! Not only that, that they had to give up a first and two seconds, and Thad Young, who, like, legitimately was one of their best players. That's what you call an overpay. That's where you're not using your area code properly. I'm sh- I'm shocked that that is where this ended up because remember coming into last season we were talking about oh they got the Denver Nuggets GM he's so good he got all these great guys for Denver he's going to be so smart and now they've created this team that like I, I just like don't even care like that that team's not going towards contention like are they going to make the playoffs great cool good for you but you're locked into all these long-term contracts like what is the what is the next move that's going to move you beyond that like DeRozan's on a legitimately bad contract now yeah bad straight up they just signed a bad that was that's honestly one of the first deals of this free agency that I actually think is totally bad yeah. like I, I can't justify it yeah yeah, he's. I mean, he's not the. If he were like the caliber player of Jimmy Butler, then it's it's fine. You know, it's totally fine. That's why. I mean, Butler's deal is huge, but it's fine at least for next season. Thank you. Well, at least that team can like legitimately tell themselves, oh, if things break right, we could make the finals next sure. year. Sure. If things break right, the Bulls can make the playoffs. That's yeah. what they're telling themselves. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird that, team too. Uh, it's just, it's like outside. Like I think Zach Levine is good and Lonzo Ball is good, but outside of that, like they with like Demar Derozan and Vooch, like it's just kind of it's kind of a gross team, like ill-fitting team. It's weird. Well, who? Well, now that Thad's gone, it's like who is playing defense on that team other than Lonzo? Like it's Lonzo and Alex Caruso. Caruso. That, those are like your best defenders. That's why they brought him in, baby. Who even is in the front court? Because they, they actually sent back Al Farouk Amino in that deal, too. Not that he's like amazing or anything, but he's, those were their two power forwards. Yeah, he's at least a So they guy. have Patrick Williams. They're basically just like betting on Patrick Williams becoming yeah. an elite defensive player in his second season. Yeah. It's going to be uh, it's gonna be kind of brutal. 
Hey, Tony Snell to the Blazers. Is that helping Blazers culture there? Is this what is this what Dame was calling for? Hey, I I I, I don't hate that. <laughs> I hate. <laughs> I mean, I hate the Blazers in general because they're not going to break up this team. Yeah. But Tony Snell shot forty percent from three. Yeah, actually, he shot. Actually, he shot fifty six point nine percent from three last right. year. <laughs> On two point three attempts, uh, yo, yeah, he's. I mean, he's better than what they had. Yeah, they're. Ba- I mean, give him the give him the mellow minutes. Yeah, that's great. Oh, Good no. for the Blazers. They still should trade CJ, but whatever. Yeah, they should. But the problem is, when we we don't have to get into it. But for what is it is is always the tough question. Um, everybody wants to talk about restricted free agents. Uh, John Collins. Uh, you want to offer? You want to pay John Collins twenty five mil a year? No, and I, I see people on Twitter uh, getting excited about John Collins, but like, what about John Collins? We, I mean, okay, going back to the draft real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've talked about this a little bit with Mikey, and 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 I I feel this way certainly mm-hmm. that like nothing has changed my opinion more on the future of the Thunder than what they did in that draft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In in terms of they are targeting guys that fit within this system, right? Mm-hmm. And we always make the comparison to the process Sixers. Yep. And I was texting with you, like, Sam Hinkie would have drafted Jonathan Kaminga 100 times out of 100. No doubt. Every single time he would have drafted no Jonathan Kaminga. Yes. You, you go back and look at those Sixers teams, there was never any thought put into these pieces fitting together. Mm-hmm. It was just always BPA every single year. Every year and to be fair, that's what we were talking about, and that's kind of how we were framing it this season and and going into this draft and it was only within like the last few days of that draft that we started to like I mean we're talking about book Knight who fits a little bit better than Kaminga but like Giddy is the one that fits so now talk going back to John Collins real quick like what about John Collins like fits into this like Oklahoma City thing like he he doesn't come across as like a, a thunder player yeah, in terms of the way he plays. Yeah, the way he plays, the the attitude stuff too. Not that he's like a bad guy or anything, but also the Thunder traditionally just like take a look at the way that Sam Presti has built teams. Even when he had Kevin and he had Russ and he had Harden like firmly in place, and they had gobs of cap space in 2010. Great free agent class. Like they could have tried to lure like David Lee, or at least like you maybe even like you never even heard that like man the Thunder would love to get a hold of Chris Bosh. You know like they had that kind of room. The Thunder knew like they knew that they weren't going to get those guys. You think John Collins is going to leave Atlanta, who they just made this really nice run to come play for a lottery team in Oklahoma City? I think well again. Think again. It's not only it's not only that the the deal they just offered him is five one twenty five, bro. And he that's what he's turning down. Yeah. So you have to go above that, and you and you really can't because we can only offer him a four year deal. Right. So you basically have to get offer him a four year max. You wanna, yeah. You want to pay like him that, the four year That's the sort max. of deal that I would not be into. No way. Now on the flip side. I was talking, uh, or I was tweeting last night about Kemba Walker. How it seems like I, I don't see where the obvious fit is at this sure. point. But somebody brought up, well, what about Ben Simmons? Mm-hmm. And I, I initially disregarded mm-hmm. it because it's like, why, why would you want to play Josh Giddy and Ben Simmons together? <laughs> it seems like there's a lot of, <laughs> it seems like there's a lot of overlap there. But Ben Pogu. But compared to John Collins, like. I would much rather go after someone like Ben Simmons. You're giving them the same amount, by the way. I would much rather go after someone like Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. who I actually could I could justify in the Oklahoma City system. What are you giving up for Ben Simmons? I, what I, are you giving up? What? I would give up – I actually thought about this a lot last mm-hmm. night. Here's what I would give. Because mm-hmm. they want a stupid deal. They want a huge stupid they deal. Do. They want a stupid, stupid so I, deal. So I have to get as close to stupid as I can. Okay. All right. And they also need to get better next year. Have to. Like, yes, I know they want picks, but they have to get pieces back to help them. So, here we go. Kemba Walker, mm-hmm. Kenny Hustle, mm-hmm. Ty Jerome, mm-hmm. both picks we got for the 16th pick mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. The 
Suns pick and the Heat pick. Hmm. Interesting. That's a lot, but it's not so much that you're... It's a lot, but it's really not. And there's not like any like blue chip piece in there at all from the Thunder with regards to like the pick you want to give up. Uh, right. Now, the only, uh, the only way I do that is if you com- if you're committed to playing Ben Simmons as your center. Yeah, you got to get weird with it. You can't come in and play him at point. Like it's got to be Shea, Dort, Giddy, Poku, Simmons, and then like you're just like. I mean that that sounds kind of fun. It would be <laughs> wacky and fun, and you're actually actually like your defense has a chance to be like really good. Um, and that that has to be that's a fast forward piece, right? That's a okay. We kind of like what we have going here. Are you also are the Thunder willing to forfeit their pick next season? Right, because that you know? definitely puts it into jeopardy. Because I, I just think there's like a negative chance of that happening. <laughs> I just don't think that's going to happen. Oh yeah, uh, I just. But at the same time, where is he going to go, Kemba? Or Ben. Wait, actually, hold on, hold on. What? Ramona Sh- Ramona Shelburne on the jump said the Sixers are open to bringing Ben Simmons back, and I think they prefer that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, okay. What that means is we don't we can't find a trade that we like for Ben Simmons. That's what that means. Yeah, or, so or, signals, to build or it signals value. to a team that's trying to trade for him like that's not enough. Right. So... They're so screwed. They're pretty screwed. Hey, they got Drummond. Isn't that weird that they waived George Hill? Yeah, what's the move? I mean, they're trying to clear space? Like, what's the deal? I mean, I guess they do clear a little bit of space. I think it was because it was $1 million guaranteed. It was a $9 million deal. I, I kind of assumed it was uh, kind of like a Corey Joseph thing, like Detroit waived him and then re-signed him. Mm-hmm for a longer deal. I thought they might do something like that, but it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. And also Danny Green is still out there. Yep. Like if they don't if they don't get either of those guys, which I, I admit like n- neither of those guys are like swinging the championship next year. Yeah. But if they don't get those guys, like they are really committing to Tyrese Maxey. Like Jaden Springer is probably going to have to play some minutes. <laughs> well, in their defense, they saw the long run the Lakers made with Drummond next to all the bigs and with the Lakers and thought that's exactly what we need. That's the missing piece. It's Andre Drummond. Yeah. It's one of those moves where like, because it's a minimum, it's like, you can't even get mad at it, but you want to. Yes. But you know that the response is just going to be, Oh, it's a minimum. Who cares? I'd rather pay Mike Muscala 7 million. Yeah. Yeah, on that team? Because you could actually play him with Embiid. Yes. Like, you're not playing Drummond and Embiid together ever. No. Hopefully. No. No, no, no. No, no, no. I, I, was, I was texting with my, uh, my cousin who lives in Philly. Yeah. And he is, obs- he is obsessed with Tony Bradley. He wants Tony Bradley back so bad. Which I know sounds crazy, but at the same time, like, he's a better defender than Andre Drummond. Yeah. If you're putting your eggs in any either of those baskets, we're in big trouble. We're in big, big trouble. Well, I don't know. I, I'm. They are definitely one of the teams where I just, I don't see what the out is. I don't see how they escape from this corner they have painted themselves into. I don't know. They, I mean, they had the chance with James Harden. Like they had it. It was that's that was it, right? That was kind of their. They didn't know it at the time. But that was their last chance, <laughs> right? Yeah, for sure. It was. And now, because they didn't get – like, if they got Lowry, then I would be like, okay, let's let's keep Ben Simmons. Let's let's cook. Let's see what happens, you know? Now, you don't yeah. even have George Hill? What are, like, what are we doing here? I mean, like, what is the – what's this – I don't – I don't know. I feel bad for them. I feel bad for the Sixers fan base. Uh because I, I like I like a lot of the the content that the Sixers guys put out, um, so I consume a lot. But of hey, it. but be be honest, like all of that Sixers content talking about rights to Ricky Sanchez, mm-hmm. it's better when they're dysfunctional. Uh, it can, yes, yes, it can. The height of it was the the Colangelo burner gate <laughs> pods were just <laughs> yeah. uh, just outrageous. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man. Uh, uh, speaking of Mike Muscala that we mentioned earlier, he's coming back to the Thunder, uh, which I think is yeah. great. He's a certainly a culture play for the Thunder, a guy that can stretch the floor for uh, for Shea. I thought he was actually like, pretty good for them last year, and then did not care that he didn't play. And then when I asked him about why he wouldn't want to go anywhere else, he cried. So, like, he loves it here. And I thought it, I thought it was, as long as the Thunder wanted him back, which I kind of assumed that they did, it was kind of a foregone conclusion that he was going to return. And I think it's, uh, I think it's a great thing. I, and some people, it's hilarious. I get these, and I got this several times yesterday where I was like, nice culture play for the Thunder, blah, blah, blah. People like, the Thunder have no culture. You know, I got that comment many times and if you think the thunder don't have a culture like you're you're missing it like you really are missing it because (laughs) i mean i think the it would be a better argument to say that's all they have right now. yes yes i agree and the thunder have created this organization that really does care deeply for players and wants the best for them not only as basketball players i think that's definitely something they want they put a ton of effort and resources and money and everything into it like the practice facility is top-notch like it's a great practice facility and then they try to give all the players everything that they can everything that they want while they're here and so and plus like there there really is like a familial element to the this this team and starts with sam and trickles down to the coaching staff and then to the players. And you can even see it. And I talked about this Monday with Michele, but just the way that all the guys they drafted just spoke about uh, their journey, spoke about their families, spoke about um, the team. Uh, you can just tell like they are they are prioritizing like quality people um, as well. Which it's not like there's like a ton of like really bad guys in the NBA, but like they they're prioritizing like unselfish people, unselfish basketball players too. So uh, I think that that's um, that's pretty important. So uh, and Mike Muscala definitely fits that to a T. So glad that Mike is back. Glad they re-signed Shea or that they signed Shea to the extension. I think that is such a a huge deal for the Thunder and such a big moment for the city to have another no-brainer max level player going into a second contract like that's that's hard to find the no-brainer one now like ask the kings like the thunder have done that many times right they've re-signed these guys to these max level guys that was no-brainer like of course you do that um you know the kings would love to be able to do that with any of their guys and it being like not even questioned i think even like De'Aaron fox was even a question whenever um well he signed his so think think about like if and this actually could have happened because i do think the Cavs wanted to draft shea and remember shea would not work out for the Cavs because mm-hmm. that was when they got the pick in the kyrie irving trade it was number eight and instead they took colin sexton Let's say sliding door situation, Shea agrees to go to the Cavs, Colin Sexton goes to the Clippers, and he ends up on Oklahoma City. Good player, yeah, very efficient shooter, but imagine in this same situation this summer, OKC like probably, or at least the pressure from the outside is, OKC has to max this guy, because what else are you going to be doing? Mm-hmm. You can't let this guy leave. Mm-hmm. Like it, We're in such a good situation because of how good Shea is. Yeah. Even if it was Shea from last year, or two years ago, I guess, on that CP3 team, you would still have some questions about giving that player a max. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't understate the jump that he made from the CP3 season to last season. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really is in a completely different tier than he was previously. I think previously you could have said, you could have made a comparison between him and Colin Sexton. Mm-hmm. I would have st- still preferred Shea. But now, in my opinion, they are like in totally different tiers as far as players you would want to build a roster around. Yeah, the efficiency, the leading the league in drives, like all that kind of stuff is is a big deal and the versatility that he plays with and the unselfishness. I mean, he's and I think Shea's ready to lead a team. Now, I don't think that they 
I don't think this team is going to like go to the play-in tournament or anything like that next year. But I think he's ready to be the number one guy for a full season. And I think that this team is ready to kind of see what that looks like. And I, I doubt that we will – and we'll, this is just going to be an ongoing conversation. Like, I think the intent when Paul George and Westbrook were traded was to be bad for several years, right? For it to be like bottom-of-the-barrel team for several years. They traded for Shea. Obviously, the Thunder liked him. Obviously, the Clippers liked him, Right. I don't think anybody thought that this was going this – this was like an out – I mean, even going into last season, I think that what happened with Shea was a, like, like the chances of it happening, like 10% outcome. Like, I just don't think anybody really thought it was going to happen. And it did. And he continues to get better. And I just am curious to see what he turns out to be when he plays this season because I would not mm. be surprised to see him be a better player. Um but I just think that that the with the commitment to Shea, with the improvement that I think Dort could make as well, with what <laughs> with what they want, um, with the the plan with Poku, right? The plan with even Darius Baisley. I just don't think this this can be a bottom of the barrel team anymore. I really thought going into last season they had a real chance to be a bottom of the barrel team, and they proved that to be wrong. They proved the organization. They proved the team. Like the players proved that, and the coaching staff proved that to like the organization. Like, hey, this isn't this isn't like tenable if you want to be like this the worst or the second worst team in the NBA. Uh, I do, however, think that they're going to be in like the five to eight range. I don't think that they're going to be bottom of the barrel, but I do think this is going to be like the fifth through eighth worst team in the league. And then you're counting on luck to get you where you want to go from there, which is not exactly where you want to be if you're trying to pick high in the draft. But I think that's just the situation you found yourself in. And if you trade Shea, one, it needs to be for probably a high pick in the draft, right? Or... um or you find yourself in a position where you're trying to find another Shea, find another guy that's a no-brainer, max-level player on a second deal, which, again, is not... I mean, somebody in the top five that was drafted this year will not be a no-brainer, max-level player. Like, that will happen. And trying to pick the right one, like, that's... I mean, it's almost like roulette. <laughs> like, it's a tough... That's a tough thing to do. And so I think the Thunder made the right play, but also acknowledging that moving into this next phase um, to build a contender um, is, is, made a, is made a little bit more difficult in a way. Uh, it's definitely not more difficult because you already have the piece in place. That's Shea Gilles Alexander, and that's great. But to find that second piece, you're kind of you're hoping that one of the guys you already have emerges as that second piece, whether that's Dort or Poku or Giddy or Trey Mann or whoever it is. You know, I... The beauty of Shea is that he, that any of those guys can play next to him, and it's not a wonky fit. Like it, it works. Um, but that's what they're hoping for, and then they will be building through the draft. Still, like they still have 18 first round picks. They will have their pick next year. It's lottery protected, but they will have it. Uh, you know, I think that they're hoping for some luck along the way, and. You know, even the like the Sonics got really lucky to get Kevin Durant. I think that they were like seventh or eighth in the draft order in the draft lottery order, and ended up jumping up to two. I think that they're hoping for some luck, and then um, what didn't happen this year was they they didn't offer like the mother load of picks for uh, somebody above them, and perhaps next year will be that year. I think it'll eventually happen because obviously can't use all 18 picks and especially that they restocked the cupboard after they picked two guys like they can't continue to do that it's got to eventually you have to eventually consolidate and consolidate probably three four or five picks at once in order to get what you want but um clearly it didn't happen this year but you know the the plan is a little bit less clear but i also think that this current direction is more palatable for will be more palatable for fans that want to go see the team play. Like I think this young team, while they will lose a ton of games, I think that there will be some intrigue just because there's kind of some some fun characters within the team. Yeah, um, I have an update on uh, 
talking about Kemba destinations. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I'd like to reopen one that I had kind of closed, which is the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. So uh, Kirk Serious Face, mm-hmm. who is the editor-in-chief at Mavs Moneyball, he screenshotted something from the Athletic Live blog. Oh, my, my, my broom just fell. He said, that, so I'm guessing this is Sam Amick. But they're talking about the idea that Dallas would go out and get Goran Dragic, who was tr- you know, given to Toronto Raptors in the sign-in trade for Kyle Lowry from Miami. Makes sense. He's from Slovenia. Mm-hmm. He likes Luka. There are, everything's cool. But Sam Amick said, to join as a third team in that deal, Dallas would have to send at least $14.5 million in salary to Toronto, something most easily done by combining Dwight Powell and Willie Cauley-Stein. But that's where it gets complicated. Dallas wouldn't want to do that because Powell is beloved around the organization and losing two centers in the same transaction within the team's depth. The Mavs also don't want to replace Colley Stein with one of their prospects in Josh Green or Tyrell Terry. I'm kind of surprised by that because I had just kind of assumed that they would make that deal for Goran Dragic. Mm-hmm. And then apparently um, it might have been Kevin O'Connor um, said – Oh, no, on the low post. They said that they don't mm-hmm. want to pay Dragic $19 million. They're banking on internal improvement. That's interesting yeah. because we saw what happened in the playoffs with Porzingis. They can say whatever they want about, oh, things are great, things are great. But if you make the deal for Kemba, you get off that contract a year earlier mm-hmm. than you would otherwise. And because they just signed Tim Hardaway Jr., they are not going to be in the free agent market for the foreseeable future. Yeah. At least until that Porzingis deal is up, which is three years from now. So, yes, like Kemba is not the most amazing you know, player that you that the Mavs would want, but he gets them closer to that free agency market yeah. a year earlier. If, if Kemba was a free so, agent and they had the space, and he was all that was left, try. they would probably go try to get him. Yeah. So all of that is to say... I think the door's back open. Okay. For 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 the Przingis uh, Kemba swap. I have no idea what would have need to be included on either side. Mm-hmm. I could that would not shock me at this point though. Ooh. I, ooh. For Porzingis. I mean, we've talked about this a lot. I I think it and we talked about it with regards to Horford, I think, when we initially visited the trade. That's really interesting. I think if I'm the Mavs, I would rather just take a shot with Porzingis and maybe he's better this year than trade for Kemba. You're not you're not in agreement. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I yeah, if you want to tell yourself that story, but it's like <laughs> it's been it's been 2 years in a row of telling themselves that. Yeah. No, I get it. I, like, I the, get it. it. It what if it doesn't work out this year? Mm-hmm. And now you have his contract for another two years. Now you're like, know that he can't. It's not going to work. Yeah. And now you're now who are you moving him for? Actually, probably moving him for Kemba Walker next year. <laughs> but Kemba's still, yeah, I, I don't still know. Available. Yeah. It's it seems just one of those things that could be realistic. Yeah. What's the trade? It, look it does like? kind of. It, I don't know. It, give me a sec though. Give me one one more point. It does also reset the timeline on that contract as an asset because the Kemba Walker contract is only two years. Mm -hmm. If you can't get anything for him before this February, at that point he's an expiring contract and the chances of you getting like something nice are probably limited because any good team is just going to be like, well, they might buy him out Mm -hmm. next year. Mm -hmm. So we'll just wait for that. If you get Porzingis, now you have three years, which is the same deal they had with Horford. So you can still have him play an entire year, build back his value, and then trade him to a team when he still has two years left on his deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, what would the deal look like? What are you willing <sighs> to give the Mavs to make this worth their while? Like Kemba? I, I mean, I, I'd give him one of those poop firsts. One of the ones I don't care about. Poop first. <laughs> I'll give him one and poop first. What about what about Ken Rich or Ty? Are you giving them that to like make them feel better? Um, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I'm bringing all this up. I don't really want Porzingis. <laughs> I know. I don't really either. Uh, I don't want Kemba either. 
Which one do you want? Yeah. Which one do you want less? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's okay. Which okay? How about we frame it this way? Mm-hmm. Which do you think would be easier to build back their value? I think you could put Porzingis oh, in a Stapps, system easy. with Oklahoma City, and he would look very good. He would look significantly better than he looked in Dallas because people forget he scored twenty points per game last year. He did. He did twenty. Yeah, he did twenty points, almost nine boards. You put him in this system, which, by the way, our only center, Mike Muscala, favors. He would get plenty of playing time. He's going to stretch the floor for Shea. Yeah, but he can do other things beyond just what Mike Muscala brings. I think you could build up his value pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. I think so too. That's why I think the Mavs should keep him. <laughs> like that's why I think the Mavs yeah, should absolutely keep him. He's a, I think he's a better fit overall with the Mavs. I I think that's the most likely outcome is that they just they just keep him and, and go into the season. I don't I don't think that this is necessarily realistic. Because I mean it's the, the problem five year difference between well, the two. It's I mean that's significant. Yeah, it is, but I I mean if if there were rumblings that like uh that Luca was disappointed or upset after this season, mm-hmm. like it's gonna happen again. Yeah. Well we think we think Jason Kidd's gonna be an upgrade over Rick Carlisle. I mean I don't that's what you're betting on? I don't I'm not saying that I just think that they're in a tough no, spot. No, I'm not, I'm not talking to you. Just... I'm I'm, ta- I'm talking to an uh, an imaginary optimistic Mavs <laughs> fan who has joined us. You can't see them. I'm yelling at them. <laughs> yeah i just man i'm just a little um i don't know i think if what if porzingis looks great but maybe you still want to trade him like it's a much better time to do it you know i don't know i would i if i'm the thunder i think that i would do it i think i would do that trade to see if you could build his value or just like see as as like he see a fit here because if he's a if he's like anything like he was like when he first you know started playing for the Mavs or what he was in New York or if the Thunder are like oh he'd be an incredible fit incredible like that's a star like he's a star level player like a really good player next to Shea next to Dort and then like if Giddy or Poku or somebody else pops then it's like okay cool like there it is but that also feels like the quick fix that will never happen with the Thunder you know I keep trying to like preach this that like the yes it would be fun to get him yes it would be fun to get John Collins like those it would make the team instantly better certainly but I don't believe the Thunder are looking for a quick fix um, I think that they're looking for extra I don't think they're looking for assets uh, for Kemba I don't think they're looking for a player I think that they that this is going to be a slow build toward something like they said like let's say you trade for Porzingis and then he gets hurt like maybe you're just in the same spot and like he's just on your team maybe it doesn't matter ultimately it doesn't matter because again his contract runs out that it, it will be the second year of Shea's deal yeah true there's there's still no concerns at that point that's true I don't know I just think the Thunder are I just don't. I would be surprised if they went for a quick fix. Now, Porzingis may be a see, special I, case um, in all of this. I, I don't even see him. I don't see him as a quick fix, though, because like he would have to be significantly better than he's been in the past for mm-hmm. it to really matter that much. I don't know. We know that they were interested in him before he even entered the draft. True. They tried to get him to come out the year before. Yeah. So we know that there's a history there already. It it would not shock me at this point especially after reading what I just read about I, – I mean, I, I would have sworn that they would go after Dragic. Yeah. Because, he honestly, he would be a good fit next to Luka. Yeah. Yeah, I don't He's disagree. a good off-ball guard. Uh, but, but real quick, on a trade, we've gone down the, the Porzingis road so far now. Mm-hmm. I think if, if, you're, if you're making me choose between Kenny Hustle and Ty Jerome – I think I'd trade Ty Jerome, even though yeah. he's one of my favorite players on the Thunder. They have so many guards right now. Yeah, Trey Mann is like theoretically like young Ty Jerome. Yeah, and and you still have Teo. Obviously, you have Shea. You have Giddy now, who's like going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Yeah. Um, Do they bring Ty back Jerome? Is, too is a question. 
You know, the, yeah, true. They gave the qualifying offer. They you know offered the qualifying offer to Josh Hall. You know, who's kind of a wing guard. So yeah, there's a lot there. Something to think about. Yeah, something to think about though. Yeah, I would. I'm I'm highly skeptical of of a deal uh, like that. Backing out though, just looking at general free agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I gotta say there before I saw that DeRozan deal. Not a ton of like just straight up terrible signings. Like yeah. even the Knicks, who I do not like what the Knicks ended up doing with that space at can't, all. Can't like it. At the same time, like, okay, that roster is better than it was last year. Like Evan Fournier does address some of the issues that they had last year. I just think that banking on Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett to be like two of the highest minutes played guys in the mm-hmm. league, second year in a row, is kind of risky. Obviously, they did have the injury to Mitchell Robinson, mm-hmm. but outside of that, they were a relatively healthy team. Yeah, and that usually doesn't happen with Tibbs long term. So we'll see. And then with even with the Pelicans, like as bad as all of this looks. And by the way, uh, KOC said that Tim Hardaway Jr. turned down eighty-eight million from the Pelicans. Which is more than he got with the Mavs. Wow. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Even with like how bad it's gone for the Pelicans, I actually think they're going they're still better than they were last year. Because mm-hmm. I think Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe were such terrible fits. Yeah. That I I don't think this is enough to like keep Zion or whatever. Yeah. But I do think they'll be a better team than they were last year. Yeah. Certainly possible, certainly. I mean, were there were there any deals that you just absolutely hated? Oh, I just the Pistons are just funny, you know, paying Kelly Olenek. What the Olenek? Yeah, it's you know, not a bad it's not like a bad did, contract, but like it's just kind of funny. After what they did last year, now it's just like I just have to like trust them. Like they obviously Got it more right. I mean, they got the number one pick. Things are looking great for the Pistons. Yeah, no, I think it helps. I, I think that Olenek helps that team. I think he actually fits what they want to do pretty well too. But it's just kind of a fun, that was just kind of a funny one. Um, yeah, like, I don't know about sixty-two million between Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks seems a little rich for me. Um, Shout out to Nerlens though, man. He's he's had so many five million dollar contracts after turning down that big Mavs deal. It's great. It's great. It finally starts making back some of that. By the uh, way, uh, one of Damian Lillard's cousins tweeted out Blazers front office dot 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 emoji with hand over face. Shame, you know. That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. That's I agree. They I, are my other team, other than the uh, other than the Sixers, where it's like wh- what the hell are you doing yeah. like we like dame is on record on record he has come out and said the the roster that we have is not championship worthy he's on record saying that and they they are going to run it back give me snell baby snell snell um way johnson one thinks that markadan is better than kp <laughs> Mark Adan. Mar- I don't understand the uh, the Thunder fan base's fascination with Larry Markkinen. I don't. I'll, I'm. I don't get it. Maybe if they acquire him, um, we'll all dig into it. But until then, I am uh, firmly in the camp of why. Why would you do that? <laughs> like that would be my official take. Is if the Bulls were just saying like, you know what, we're good. We're good. We're fine. We don't need him. Uh, worry a little bit about that. Uh, okay, we got to cut it short. Uh, let's go over to the stream and take a look. Oh yeah, the uh, the Blazers got Cody Zeller too. You feeling good about that? Anybody feeling hey, pretty good about that? Better Better than Cantor. Are we sure? <laughs> For what they needed, yes. They, okay. they last right. year they were playing Ennis Cantor and Carmelo Anthony at the same time. Oh, I remember. I remember. I, I remember talking about it. Uh, all right, Fetty Massa is here. Tyler Field, Josh Smith, 
The Tall Shot, OKC, Jamie, Acar is here, Lawrence Field, Ian Kirkham, Jeremy Ulrich, uh, Daniel Sinney, Nate27, Nathan Creamer, Moots is here, uh, Falk is here, Austin, Nate Thomas, Ethan Salter, Parker Gross, Christos is here. Let's see. Hoops Talk 69 says we love Shay. Yes, we do. Braden Marshall, Clay Sally is here. Um, let's see. Nicholas Hadako is here. Kevin Chen, Austin uh, Crawcraft is here. Uh, Miroslav is here. Unhandicapped Train is here. White Black, Tim Gordon. Let's see. Thanks so much for joining the stream. If you uh, want to, you can follow us on, or I guess you could subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the little bell, get notifications on when we go live, and you can hop on with us too. Uh, Nick Kiger, Morgan Stevens wants Lowry Markinen. I don't understand you, Morgan Stevens. Um, Patrick Shannon is here. Says, give me Lowry or give me death. What is happening, Al? What does this mean? Is people just wanting action? Like, what's this about? Oh, oh, I thought you said, give me Lowry. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know if he fits the timeline. Kyle <laughs> oh, Kyle Lowry or give me death. <laughs> um, uh, Luke Babbitt, which I hope is the player. Uh, Matty Moles, Bowman. Uh, Edwin is here. Let's see. Wade Johnson, who I mentioned earlier. William Hecox is here. Uh, let's see. Quinn Waters, Tanner Newman, Ian Kirkham is here. Amit is here. Thanks so much for joining. Our song is over. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and we will join you guys back on Friday with the Frypod. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. All right, special addendum. Alex and I forgot to talk about this live on the stream, so this is just for the pod. But the there's there are rumors about Spencer Dinwiddie going to the Wizards, and they are needing the Thunder's help to make this happen. Alex, can you break it down for us real quick? Yeah, the, the deal as currently constructed just doesn't work. And you can go on to The Athletic. Danny LaRue and Fred Katz released an article three hours ago. Yep. Um, talking about how complicated this deal is and that there needs to be another team brought into it. And there are a few different options. The first being that you could include him in the Russell Westbrook trade. Like You could expand mm -hmm. that. But that would require the Lakers doing a favor for the Nets, right. which doesn't seem likely because, I mean, at this point, those two teams could meet in the finals. Like, why would you want to help Definitely. out the Nets? So the other option would be to deal with OKC because we just got that 2023 protected first from the Washington Wizards. Nope. That was one of the picks that we got for the 16th pick. And because we got that and because the protections go out so far, the Wizards cannot trade a first right now. So they cannot incentivize Brooklyn Nets to trade to do this sign and trade with Spencer Didwitty. If they could trade a protected first to Brooklyn, and it could even be heavily protected, I bet Brooklyn, like all this like clears up. But the only way to do that is to unprotect the pick that OKC has. Yeah. That would be 
absolutely crazy to do because that is 2023, which is not this draft, but the next draft, which means that is the draft after Bradley Beal's free agency. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent next summer. Mm -hmm. And if he leaves, if he leaves and we have their unprotected pick the following season, that would be one of the most blue chip picks we've had in recent NBA memory because that team would not be good. It would be unbelievable. And also, I, I really hope it happens so that people can stop talking about Shangoon, too. Like, can we do that? <laughs> oh, they, that would make them forget real quick. And honestly, I would give up. Like, I would, I would give – you can have the Detroit pick. Sure. If you, if you just oh. want to feel good about having a first. I'll give you the Detroit pick if you unprotect that one pick. Because <laughs> I, will, I will bet on this not working out with Bradley Beal. Yes, Bet on things not working for the Wizards. That's a safe bet. That's an absolutely safe bet. So uh, just be on the lookout for that because that is something that could be coming down the Thunder Pipeline rather soon because I think the the Wizards really do want to get Spencer Dinwiddie on their team. So uh, just be on the lookout and also know that perhaps that deal for the 16th pick wasn't quite as bad as some of you feel that it is. I had somebody on YouTube in the comments say that it was the worst deal since the Harden trade, <laughs> which was just like, wow, wow, like that's a take. That is a take. Chill out. Uh, okay. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. We will talk to you guys again on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.